0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Have you
2: ever wondered whether you need a depreciation schedule on your next property purchase or your existing portfolio? We're going to find out the answers for you today. Emily and I are going to unpack this with our guest, Brad Beer from BMT Quantity Surveyors. Emily, let's get into this. Brad, welcome. 23 years of experience. I think this guy knows what he's talking about. Welcome to the show.
3: (laughs) Ah, thank you, uh, John and Emily, lovely to be here, 23, it's nearly 24 actually, so a long long time playing with tax depreciation schedules.
2: (laughs) Yes, yeah, we're not sick of that yet. So let's start right at the basics. Um, Some people call it a depreciation schedule, you're known as a quantity surveyor, let's let's just uh, get a description for what a quantity surveyor does.
3: Absolutely, John, quantity surveyors are... Well, I've actually done a building degree. So I'm not, you know, depreciation. People think accountants, but quantity surveyors are actually someone who knows how to measure and estimate construction costs of buildings. So the building degree, you come out as a quantity surveyor, a bit more work to do with Institute of Quantity Surveyors as well. But we can get a set of plans and we can measure up. We can count the bricks for you, <laughs> measure up the concrete, the steel. Uh, measure up everything in that building to the point where you could, you know, know how many bricks to buy, um, know how much concrete to order um, and also how much will it cost to actually build that building. So you know, traditionally what we do is work for people on projects, um, at any different stage when someone might have a concept in their mind of what they're going to build uh, through the construction process maybe for the builder often for the bank or in the end for the depreciation work because of the the cost the cost to build requirement that that, that, that um, these claims are made based on so you know we count bricks we color color in plans with colored pencils or we used to after four years of uni uh, <laughs> so that we measure everything and get it all which was uh, quite interesting <laughs>
4: And so, in terms of the actual depreciation report, because you mentioned there that there's some elements of actually quantifying things before they're built or helping builders to understand what they actually need. Often, you know, particularly in the property investment space, we hear about these depreciation schedules. So, what is a depreciation schedule in its simplest form?
3: Depreciation schedule, Emily simply is a schedule of I guess the items in the building and the building, um some costs um, put against those things that we come up with uh that really spit out with some percentages the amount of depreciation that a, a property investor is able to claim against that property. The depreciation claim, you know, to understand depreciation, I think the the simple thing is um let's think about a car. Um, everyone Buys a car, uh, well, lots of people buy a car. If you use that car for business, we all understand. Once we buy it, drive it out of the showroom, it loses value and keeps losing value most of the time. That's depreciating. You get to claim that against your car, against your um, income if you use that car for business Uh, with depreciation. Um, It's very similar on properties where you actually get to claim the wear and tear against things in that property over time. You know, the carpet wears out, the bricks wear out, everything wears out over time Um, and even though our property we're hoping is going in up in value or u- appreciating the actual building itself is depreciating and the tax office allows us to claim a deduction against that each year um for the for the wear and tear the depreciation schedule just tells you what the numbers are <laughs> effectively um and that's what we we go and prepare
2: Okay. So just to clarify, we're we're talking property investments only. We're not talking owner-occupied homes. Um, I'm sure you do depreciation schedules or or quantity surveying, sorry, uh, on owner-occupied homes. But from a tax point of view, we can only claim um, depreciation on the building of an investment property, yeah?
3: Absolutely. Principal price of residence, uh, just like there's no claims for your interest in things, there's also no claim for um, depreciation against those properties. Commercial properties are all, do all, all get, um, depreciation, can have depreciation claimed against them. Uh, the, the one thing is if you actually, um, are, are in your own commercial property and using it, it becomes a business premises. So you can claim against that. But yeah, principal place of residence, no depreciation claims. Absolutely. <laughs>
4: And so, how about the the age of the property? Because um, immediately when you're sort of talking about working out the overall value of the materials and everything like that, that depreciate over time, is this only applicable for new properties or is it for any property?
3: Great question, Emily, that I uh, answer every day of my life, I think. <laughs> and the answer is it's, it's not only for new property. Now, new property is – you know, when it's new and shiny, it costs the most usually. Uh, so, older properties, you know, something built 10 years ago didn't cost as much as it probably cost to build the same thing today. But there's a few different rule changes over the years that um, will impact on how much a second-hand property gets. But old properties still get some depreciation deductions most of the time. Um, there's a few criteria we've got to look at um, around... I guess the age, the age of the items, when it was bought, um, when it was built and a few things we look at and if we can identify that there's uh, enough reason to look and see if there's claims there, we'll do that. If not, we don't. But that's pretty simple to work out. Um, the important thing is don't worry about the age to start with. Ask some questions. We'll see if there's deductions there and only do it if there is. Mm.
2: Good one. And and probably just following on from that, I've um, I've got a, a question from a long-time listener, Craig Worsley. If you buy property that is, say, three years old, can you get a depreciation schedule? The, the answer on your behalf is yes. But he says, if so, can you claim the full depreciation or is what the previous owner has done prior relevant and therefore impacts what you can do? If the pre- previous owner has claimed, is there a way of understanding that before purchasing?
3: Yeah. Look, uh, three years old, uh john absolutely yes you can claim depreciation against uh that property probably the easiest way to explain this is uh there's there's a couple of components one in particular um uh uh, the building allowance component of the claim has got 40 years of claims you claim two and a half percent against the construction cost of the building at the time it was built when the house is three years old it's had three years of use Whether it's been as an investment property or as an owner-occupied used house, it's depreciated for those three years. So whoever either claimed it or didn't claim it because they lived in it, um, that applies to the ownership of that person. Um, If you buy it and it's three years old, it just means you've got what's left. So the first three years is gone, there's... uh, there's uh, 37 years of claims left against that structure um, and there might be some claims against other things in there depending on a few criteria. Um, you don't get to go back and claim it when you don't own it because you didn't own it. Someone else um, had that first bit of wear and tear, I suppose, that we talked about earlier uh, and so that applies to that owner you um, start claiming from there. As far as, uh, I guess, the the question about, can we look at what the other owner's done? um, Sometimes in the contract, there might be some information about that. Mostly there isn't. um, And also whatever's provided is not necessarily there to try to maximise your depreciation deductions as the new buyer. So if we've got actual costs, we use them, we ask for them and, uh, and incorporate those. If not, The reason we get involved is because we know how to estimate construction costs if you don't have all those costs um, and then we come up with that depreciation schedule for that uh, new owner going forward. Um, So, three years old, yes, absolutely. Um, Good deductions in those for sure.
4: Just in that, Brad, you mentioned if it was three years old, there'd be 37 years left of um, claiming. So, does that mean that you can claim for a period of 40 years from the when the property was built, or how does the forty years come into play?
3: The forty years is the is the is the amount of claims on the original structure of the building. So if it was brand new, yes, I buy brand new investment property today. I've got claims going for forty years. Three years old, I've got thirty seven years left. Those rules only came into force in nineteen eighty seven. So the forty years. If it's built in 1983, you actually don't get to claim on that piece of the building. So there's a few intricacies around those, those, uh, those rules. But effectively, yes, you've got 40 years of claims, um, with a few little carve outs for the rules as they change them over the years. That, that, that 40 years also applies to some renovations that happen on properties as well. Um, so if the original building's really old and then someone does a lot of renovations 10 years ago, then you might have some claims that relate to those renovations as well, even if you buy the property now.
2: Okay, so it's good to know for for someone out there that's maybe had an investment property or looking at an investment property that's, say, um, built in the the 1990s, for example, and just just maybe already have put a line through claiming any depreciation, there's some hope for, for people that have got properties that are 25, 30 years old.
3: And back to your original question there, Emily, was is, is it only for new properties? Something I hear just about every day of my life is, you know, isn't it too old? Is it too old? Uh, my accountant's not sure. Um, I say don't worry about age <laughs> of property. Um, ask some questions. We at No Charge will have a look at a few of the photos that we can, you know, they're rental properties. We can see photos online. We can find out when you bought it, what you paid for it, we can make a call as to whether we think it's worth uh, going through the exercise. If I tell you it's too old or no good, we can't find deductions, then okay, <laughs> we're finished. <laughs>
4: Definitely. And what about, um, obviously, there's the the building as a whole, but say, for example, like this is probably a bit of a personal example that would be applicable to other investors as well. Like I've just bought one in Queensland and it needs new blinds, two new vanities, and um, probably going to install maybe two reverse cycle air cons. Can you claim on the new, I guess, additions to it separate to the actual age of the building or is it all sort of clustered into one whole thing?
3: Good question, Emily. The answer is yes. Uh, and it even even if you didn't do some of those things and someone else did,
4: there's
3: a, there's, an, a, there's an age that relates to different parts of the building and anything that's done at a different date That's the age of that. So you put a new vanity in, new air conditioners in, um, you'll be able to claim um, depending on where they fit into. A vanity would be seen as part of the building for the purpose of depreciation, so your vanity gets a claim over 40 years, which is a long time. Um, But your air conditioners, your blinds, carpets and things like that that we call uh, plant equipment, you get to claim them quicker than you. Than you do the, uh, the the structure of the building. A lot of those things are eight, 10, 12 years that you get to claim them over. But it always has a relationship to the age of the items, as opposed to the age. Always the age of the original building. Um, it's how old it is, not how old you know the first brick was laid or when the first brick was laid uh, back in the back in the day. Absolutely so. Another thing to consider with renovations uh, is um, uh, something we call scrapping. Uh, And if you've had an investment property and if you've just bought it, this is not quite the same, but um, if you've got an investment property and you're doing renovations, if there's things in there that you throw away to replace them, if they still had some depreciation value left, there could be a claim against the whatever values left in them. So, when you're renovating properties, anybody, the, the question is, have I, have I got a depreciation schedule already if there is one applicable? Because you, before you rip the stuff out, you want to make sure that it's been assessed, the depreciation's being claimed firstly, because lots of people miss out on that. And if you do throw it away, there's an instant claim on whatever value is left on items. And that can be a vanity or that you know, if the vanity was 20 years old, it's only had half its claim. Um, and you throw away, you know, you can throw away a 20 year old vanity pretty easily because um, that's pretty old for vanity. Um, it's actually got half of its value left from a depreciation point of view, potentially can uh, throw it, can uh, claim that as an instant deduction in a year. So, renovators, call the away first is the hit, I guess, the message there. <laughs>
2: mm. So, Brad, tell us about um, maybe the changes that came along in 2017. Was that something to do with the, the plant and equipment and how we claim that?
3: Yes, absolutely. In 2017, as part of the, uh, integrity measures in that budget, they decided that they got rid of the travel claims and, if, and, uh, and a few things, including, um, claims against secondhand plant equipment for a property. Uh, not a great change. Um, I was actually at budget night when that happened, sitting on a table and choking on my steak as they introduced some changes that I thought I would have got some sort of heads up on. Uh, <laughs> given that we do about half the depreciation schedules in the country roughly <laughs> i was but, more um, concerned about the
2: claiming the travel part that that was the one that annoyed me in 2017 <laughs>
3: And, and, you know, everybody was concerned about that one except me, <laughs> just about it, seemed. That one got all the press. Uh, and, by the way, we've got this little depreciation change that he just mentioned while he's doing his little speech, Mr Mister Morrison. Uh, and uh, so what they did is said that from, from that date on, anyone that buys, which is the 9th of May, 2017, 7.30pm, uh, etched in my brain, uh, that if you exchange a contract after that date, If your plant equipment, those things, carpets, blinds, curtains that we talked about before, are secondhand, there is no claim for depreciation against them. If you put new ones in of your own later, yes, you can claim them, but this is one of those times where the age um, of the plant equipment doesn't matter. Even if it's only one year old and it's still got plenty of life left, they've gone, no, it's secondhand, um, and uh, so no claims against those. Um, So that does affect the amount of deductions that come out of secondhand properties that are bought after that date. Um, So, you know, you've still got that building allowance, you've still got any renovations that you might do to properties. And and, and, and actually, in the last two to three years, we looked at about 100,000 schedules and found that Uh, about 66% of them had some sort of qualifying renovations that happened. Um, when we looked at people that have bought since then. So we still make sure we get out and inspect the property and find all these things to maximize those deductions. But, uh, yeah, not a, not a, not a great change because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, uh, really a secondhand stove that's a year old should have the rest of its life left, but. A little hard to administer, so the easy way was to just knock it out altogether. And because everyone was worried about travel allowances, except me, (laughs) it seemed, um, it was hard to uh, get them to change their mind.
2: Uh, Okay, so just on that, uh, listeners might be a little bit confused from the sense of, well, okay, we've got a 40-year schedule. However, second-hand plant and equipment from 2017 is not considered claimable. Um, So we're talking building
3: structure only for those 40 years. Correct. Uh, so if, you know, let's go back to your, your three-year-old example. If you buy the three-year-old house and you've got, you know, 37 years against the structure still to claim, but all that three-year-old plant equipment, which is still quite valuable and working, you know, your stove works after three years, it's still got some value. Uh, you actually get not, you don't get to claim any deductions against that stove. Um, and, and that's where the where it doesn't make a lot of sense because really the, the mechanism is there to go, well, the stove's got some life left. The first owner gets some, the second owner gets the rest. Um, but it was, you know, uh, a little hard to, for them to administer. So, and, uh, easy to just say no. I, I'm in regular contact, um, with the makers of these plans that I got to meet quite well after they made that change. Uh, and, um, you know we've put some proposals to them as to this there's a, there's a proper way to do this and maybe one day they'll fix it but uh, maybe they won't <laughs> Not unless someone makes enough noise um, but fundamentally there's you know a, a, a residential property has about 170 items of plant in total there's a list of those that are put out there that have a, an effective life um, there's about 6,000 in total across commercial you know cars photocopiers computers everything and all of the rest of it still works the normal way um, and, and for, for residential property investors um, it's just like well once it's second hand and look I guess the, the thing that made it a little difficult is when you buy a second hand car you usually pay less than the last guy right um, because they go down in value properties appreciate in value so you actually end up paying more for a three-year-old stove than you probably paid for a new one um, and the mechanism to value that stove is where the the failing was in the in the rules um, and that's what really needed to be fixed it need, we need to assess it as a three-year-old stove not as a stove that's you know the property's gone up in value and it's worth more money now because it's not it's a three-year-old stove you, you can buy one cheaper than a new one basically because it's had three years of use.
4: Interesting rule change there. certainly have to keep posted for any future amendments or announcements on that.
3: Shouting from the rooftops if there's an amendment to that, don't worry.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We are just going to take a quick break uh, and we'll be back in a second with some more questions. Now, Brad, I do have a question for you around, so I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast going, oh, I've never heard of a depreciation schedule before and I've bought my first investment property, but I've already owned it for maybe two years and I don't have a report. Do Is there a time frame from when you take over the ownership of the property to when you can get a depreciation um, schedule for it to be maximised or is there no cap on that?
3: You, you do have um, the ability to amend up to two years of tax returns. So if it goes the other way, like if you don't pay your tax, the tax office will find you and make you pay it. If you don't make deductions that you could have, you can actually easily go back and amend uh, previous years of your tax return. You can do up to, I mean, I'm sure the tax office can go further than you, but you can do up to two years easily. So if you've owned it for two years, then you've got two years that you can, you know, if there was a, there was a $10,000 deduction each year. You can go back, amend your tax return and get some money back. Um, if you've owned it for, say, five years, uh, then the depreciation for you starts when you buy the property, right? So the depreciation started five years ago and you find out about it now, you can only go and amend your last two years of tax returns. Um, but still, you still get to get the two years as opposed to the, the rest of them. And the important thing to consider there's always like, um, don't do another tax return before you sort it out <laughs> because you can't go, that's one more you'll miss out from back there. So anyone that's owned anything for one, two, three, four, five, even even 10 years if you've done nothing, like always just ask the question. We, we can work out pretty quick if it's no, no value in it uh, very easily.
4: And does someone physically actually, att- like if someone's thinking, right, you know, we're coming up to another tax year. I, I That's me. I've owned the property for two years or less and I really need to get this sorted to maximise my returns. What sort of turnaround is it for a report to be done? Does someone physically go out and inspect the property? Can you do it based on a floor plan or photos or how does the actual report happen?
3: We will go out and inspect the property and, and actually attend. We organise through the agent to uh, visit the property. Unless I've already done 30 units in the same project and it's exactly the same, obviously there's a few carve outs there. But because of the things like renovations that happen over time, like we discussed before, um, at different times, uh, and because we want to make sure we maximize the deduction and find everything we can to claim and make sure we're confident in our construction costs, we attend the property and do a site inspection. Very important part of the process. From there, but even before that, um, with the property that you may have owned for a period of time, there's a couple of things to let's let's make sure you're going to get some money out of it before anyone spends too much time, um, me or you, um, um, trying to work this out. I would say, look, have a look at the tax return. Your accountant may have claimed something, uh, may have claimed nothing. Um, is there a claim in there for depreciation or not, and how much is it? Because sometimes you may have claimed three thousand, and I think it should be six thousand. You can also go back and amend the difference. Um you can't only it's it's not like you've claimed nothing, now you can amend. If you've claimed three thousand. and it should be six, you can go back and amend for the three if it's worth doing that. Now with the with the with the address of the property, we can see some photos, um, you know, ask a couple of questions about when you bought it, have you spent any money on it since, etc.? Um we'll have a look at that and go, all right, Emily, this property at this address, um, you've claimed nothing or you've claimed a $1,000. We think it probably should be more like $5,000. Um, I think it's worth us going out, doing that site inspection uh, and uh, engaging us to go ahead and do that report. Um, so we, we visit the property, we then bring it back and um, we need to do some searches around the, uh, you know, when you've bought it and some information we need to gather um, and have a look and prepare the, the depreciation schedule and give it to you after that.
2: So, Brad, a lot of uh, investors look to depreciation as one of their strategies to go and buy investment properties. Rightly or wrongly, they think, okay, claim maximum depreciation, build new or get something very new um, so they can maximise that. And, and you've explained that that's actually the case. The highest depreciation is when something is brand new, whether it's a house or a car or whatever it may be. But th- this question here follows on from that. Um, Jessica says, benefits for building new versus reno for depreciation for example, a kit home or duplexes over a reno. Um, talk to us about that. So uh, I know it's a high-level example, but if we were to build something brand new versus doing a, a brand new extensive renovation.
3: Yeah, and, and, and look, John, I'm, I'm the depreciation guy here, and uh, but I am not an advocate for you should just buy new because there's more depreciation. Um, when we buy an investment property, uh, I think we really need to consider all the way, all the ways we're going to make money out of that property. Um, there's a there's there's a growth piece that we want. There's a do we do we renovate to create equity? Do we build to try and create equity? Duplex? So there's lots of questions there, and there's lots of criteria around where, what, um, what you're going to do. Now, we make money from the from the capital improvements or the capital growth or, or manufacturing the growth. Um, and, and and out of cash flow. You know, we, we get rental income, we have um, uh, expenses, interest, et cetera, that we need to pay. Depreciation is one of those things that contributes to that cash flow. Now, it's lucrative, absolutely, uh, because it's a non-cash tax deduction. You make a deduction for something you don't pay. The average deduction out of our reports in the first years uh, in the last financial year was just under $10,000 for the first year. And remember, this is a 40-year claim and it's not $10,000 every year, it diminishes over time, but it's a fairly large number, which obviously contributes um, to the cash flow substantially because at your tax rate, it means a fair bit of dollars. So you want to take advantage of it, absolutely, but it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, A new property that you build, a duplex, you know it's going to get more, absolutely. Um, Renovating doesn't get as much money in depreciation. But what makes the most money? Depreciation's a lot of money, but it's not the only money that's made out of a property. It's uh, it's one piece of the puzzle, and you need to look at all the pieces of the puzzle. Is my my thoughts on that? I I have I've been an avid property investor for you know eighteen or nineteen years, to oh, twenty years maybe now, nearly, and uh, I have built things, I've renovated things, I've bought old things because of all those pieces of the puzzle that I want to make money from uh, out of property. And I've held, held them as well, because the time is what uh, also helps me get that growth.
4: I think that's a very valid point. It does baffle me when people go, "Oh, I want to buy an investment property, and it must be brand new." and a you know, sort of question, well why why is that?" And you know and if it's that they feel the only money or only benefit from a, um, purchases around depreciation. It is an item, but it is not the only item that, that's on the list of things to consider. So
2: mm. I think also, Emily, what happens... Out there is and, and shout out to all the accountants uh, listening in um, their their job is to minimise people's tax and an easy win or a free kick for for that in the property investing space is to have uh, is to buy something brand new so as you said, Brad, it's one piece of the puzzle. if it works for you as an investment strategy uh factoring in everything else as well, then fantastic, but don't look
3: at it in isolation and John, most of the jobs that we we do in our business are referred by accountants. So they're the, the, where the accountants are our friends. It's often a regular question that clients go, I've got a good accountant. Doesn't, Doesn't he look after all that stuff or she? Uh, and the answer is we just do that one piece with that construction cost piece from as a quantity surveyor. We we uh will be accepted by the tax officers to come up with the construction costs. Um and we we do reports for accountants and look, we make the accounts look really good because we get them an average of ten thousand dollars in deduction last year. Um and but you know, that's that that uh is not the reason to just go out and buy new new or newer property. Uh, it's one piece of the puzzle, as we say.
4: So there's quite a few um, takeaways from today. Probably the biggest one that I think will resonate with a lot of our listeners is around the time period in which you can um, get the schedule going and start claiming the depreciation or, you know, go back and amend your tax returns. I think that's a big golden nugget from today um, because a lot of people might not have been privy to that or aware of it, or even if you are beyond the two-year mark, you know, to go back and alter some of those tax returns um, with the help of your accountant. You know, that's money that you know, left on the table effectively. So you need to be actioning that. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people going right. I need to book that in right away before I do another return. Um, that's probably my key takeaway from today. Just as uh, sort of closing out, Brad, is there anything else that is common that people aren't across that they probably need to be aware of in the um, depreciation space?
3: I think we've 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 covered pretty well there, Emily. Uh, and and the the biggest, I think you've hit it on the head. The the nugget for me is. If you don't do another tax return before um, you miss out on a year, you know, we said the average deduction is $10,000. We've done some research in the past that, that would suggest that around 70 to 80% of investors are not maximizing this claim. It's like throwing away your receipts. Um, and, the, and the thing is, it's because someone at the pub told them it was too old. Um, someone said their accountant looks after it, um, they wasn't sure there was going to be enough there, they didn't want to spend $700 and find out. Um, you don't have to spend $700 to find out, it's only if we actually are going to get something for you uh, and just making sure it's done, property reputably, inspected um, to get the maximum deductions out of it. Um, we, we, we shouldn't leave money on the table. <laughs> yeah awesome
2: no that's uh, 's been great brad um, I think we've answered a lot of listener questions, and as always we've um, yeah provided insight as to making sure that we're not just uh, isolating our decision to buy investment properties through something like depreciation or just saving on tax um, and hopefully for the listeners we 've given a, um, some some tips and tricks there there's There's one last one here that talks about a granny flat um, that was built in two thousand and eight. Um, Uh, separate from the house, obviously. The house was 1800s or 1900s. That depreciation schedule is long gone. But the the granny flat separate, I presume that that would be uh, claimable, no problems at all. Absolutely.
3: Uh, It's treated as a separate item, whether it's a granny flat, a new kitchen, a renovation. Um, It's done after the the qualifying date to get Um, claims against the structure of that building. So even if it's bought after those changes, it'll have deductions available. The 1800s house, uh, unless I tell you it's too old, (laughs) remember, I'm pretty sure the 1800s house probably doesn't have the a lot of the original stuff in there maybe the structure but a lot of things would have been replaced so there could still possibly be deductions in the in the old house which we just look at at the time check the photos see if there's anything that we think we can find uh, but granny flat absolutely
4: awesome thank you so much brad um been very insightful and i'm sure listeners today have learnt something and are going to take some action so thank you so much for sharing everything with us today
3: great to be here thanks guys thanks brad
2: Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education.
4: That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps.
2: I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space.
4: And if you're a first home buyer, I had the course just for you. Everything from pre approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course.
2: Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today.